0: So, Josh, I'm sold on this whole concept of investing. I really enjoy it. I understand compound interest. I understand how powerful this can be. Uh, I understand that this is something that I'd really like to do. But how do I get started? Like, what's the first step? What's the next thing for me to do? I get this question quite a bit. People always ask, what's the next step? I'm starting to kind of understand the strategy piece of things. I understand how I can maybe do this in a somewhat effective way. I'd like to actually start trying. So today I'm going to be talking all about that, how to actually take the first step towards being an investor, towards being someone who you're going to look at in 10 years from now, and you're going to look at yourself and say, I'm so glad I started this 10 years ago. So how can we get you on that path? So what I would recommend is in order to start investing, you really have to know a few things. First of all, you have to know what your strategy is going to be. A lot of people think that investing involves going into your computer screen every day and trading around in different markets and trying to find opportunities and buying and selling stuff all day long. That's completely false. That is not investing at all. That's actually speculating. That's trading. It's completely unrelated to investing. It's somewhat relating because you use the same tools, but it's very, very unrelated to what I promote and what I try to help people do. So you have to know your strategy. Do you want to be an investor, or do you want to be a speculator? If you want to be a speculator, you're probably going to have a long, hard lifetime. There's things that you can do in order to be profitable, and mentors you can find, and books you can read in order to help you in that sense, but that's not what I'm about. I'm an investor, which means I hold things for the long term. I look at stocks as a share in a business, and I am becoming a business owner every time I buy into a company. And I hold that for a long period of time. And I don't care if the value is going up or down, because I know that if it's a great business, over time, I'm going to get a good return from owning it. So know your strategy, know what you're trying to accomplish. And that's kind of the first, first and foremost thing that you need to understand. Secondly, know your risk tolerance. You have to know your risk tolerance. And what I mean by this is that, and what I mean by this is all investments come in various forms of volatility. They come in various levels or degrees of volatility. And what I mean by volatility is, how much does the price change? How much can it go up or down in a given day, week, month, year? How much does it spike up and down from time to time? Now, obviously, people, some people would really like a very, very steady investment that's always kind of straight and it's always going up, but that doesn't work in real life. There's going to be ups and downs, there's going to be, it comes in cycles, it comes in waves. So, if you, want to invest, you have to know what your risk tolerance is. If you're someone who can handle bigger ups and downs, and you can handle the bigger swings, and you can stomach that, you're going to earn higher returns over the long term. If you're someone who is kind of a bit of a baby, and you're like, oh, I'm scared that my money's gonna, I'm gonna lose it all, blah, 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 and you're completely risk averse, um, then you're gonna have to be in a less risky investment, and you're gonna earn a lower return over time. Nothing wrong with that, um, depending on where you are. So, how do you determine your risk tolerance? First, you have to look at the time frame of the goal you're trying to achieve. So, if you're 20 years old and you have, let's say you have two goals. First goal is you want to travel all over Thailand in five years from now in, in Southeast Asia. Second goal is you want to retire when you're 55. So, you have two different goals here. The shorter term goal is going to need less risky investments, less volatile investments. And the reason that is, is because you have less time to overcome if something bad happens to your investments, you have less time to overcome and make those returns back and move yourself back to par and maybe even gain some more. So if you have a shorter term goal, you need to take back you need to take less volatility in your investments. You need to take less risk, they say. If, for instance, you have this goal of retirement that could be thirty-five years down the road this should be money that you're willing to risk and you're willing to put up and you're going to put money away uh, from time to time and you're going to keep contributing and you're going to put it into high volatility investments because they're going to go up and down and up and down and up and down but over a long period of time they're going to give you a much higher return than a very, very safe investment. So know the time frame of your goals and your age. The older you are, the closer you are to retirement, the less risk you can handle. So if you're 20 years old, that's when you should be taking the most risk that's when you should be taking the most volatility. If you're 30, you should be still taking a lot of volatility, maybe dial it back a little bit. As you get to 40, maybe split it, you know, getting closer to even. As you get to 50 or 60, you should be really dialing into just the, the risk-off type investments, just very low volatility. And as soon as you turn 60 or 70 and you want to retire or whenever that may be, that's when you should move pretty much fully into low-risk stuff so that you can just take an income and live off your investments without the volatility. So. Those are two really key things you have to know. Know your strategy, know how you're going to go in and what what your plan is. And second, know where your goals are, what you're trying to achieve, and your risk tolerance towards those different goals. So remember, the older you are, the less risk you can take. The younger you are, the more risk you should take. The closer the goal is to your current day, the less risk you should take. And the further away the goal is from your current day, the more risk you should take. Does that make sense? That's how you determine your risk tolerance. So me my name is Josh, I'm 20 years old, my single greatest goal is that I want to retire by X age, maybe that's 45, 50, 55 years old. Since that's a long-term goal, I don't care about the short-term fluctuations in the value of my investments, I don't care. I care about the long-term growth and the long-term returns. Therefore, my money is in all of the highest volatility investments that are reasonable. So that's something you you have to figure out for yourself. So, really, there's two ways to go about doing this. Once you've figured out those two two things, there's two ways to go about putting this into practice. First, you can go self-directed. Second, you can get an advisor, or you can get a broker, or whatever you want to call it. Self-directed, I'll I'll go through the pros and cons of each. Self-directed, there's a few good things, a few pros to it. It's very, very low cost. To go self-directed, you don't have to hire anyone, you don't have to, um, you know, pay, you know, you have to pay very, very low trading costs. Um, you can go in and buy your own stocks and it's very cheap. So the pros to doing it yourself are it's probably less expensive. Second of all, there's no minimums. So most advisors will say, Hey, if you want to invest with me, you have to have at least a hundred thousand dollars in cash, investable assets that I can invest for you. Um, so there's when you're, when you're trading, there's no minimums. Those would, I'd say are the two main Reason why people would want to go self-directed: lower costs and no minimums. Now we can talk about the cons of self-directed. So the cons really are: there's a lot of time commitment. You have to research your own businesses that you want to invest in. You have to look through the financial statements of the companies. You have to determine which businesses you'd like to invest in and which ones you'd like to be in. Um, You have to rebalance your portfolio every year. So if you want to, you know, keep a certain asset allocation, maybe you want a certain amount of. Investment in maybe a lower risk thing like bonds and a certain amount in stocks, maybe you want it 50 50. Every year, you're going to have to rebalance that back to 50 50. So, if your stocks grow to 60% of your portfolio and the bonds fall to 40%, you have to sell some of your stocks and put it into the bonds to, to balance your portfolio back to the allocation you decided. So, you have to invest in your own company, you have to research your own companies, you have to balance your own portfolios, and not only that, you have to monitor your own companies. So, every time one of the businesses you own releases a quarterly press release or they release an annual report, you have to read through it. And if you own 20 companies uh, or 30 companies, that can get somewhat, I um, can get kind of annoying after a while. Another thing you have to do is you have to place your own trades. So if you decide one of your investments isn't worth it anymore, you have to go in and sell that. You have to sell at the right time and you have to manage around all those things. And you have to find out what account is best for you, an RSP or a TFSA, or maybe you want to go unregistered, things like that those would probably be the cons. There's a lot of stuff you have to learn, a lot of the stuff you have to know and understand. The second route is you can go with an advisor. And the pros of an advisor are, there's quite a few, um, and I would say the biggest one is that an advisor is a catalyst. In reality, if you try to self-direct your retirement planning, it's probably not going to end up happening the way you want. And the reason is, is because, you're going to say, hey, well, this month, I don't really want to contribute to my investments. I'm going to go buy that new cool car. I'm going to buy that jacket, and I'm not going to invest this month. Um, or you might say, uh, you know what? I need a lump sum to renovate my kitchen right now. I'm going to take this from my retirement funds, and I'm going to do that. So the issue is here is that people have very poor self-discipline. And if you have someone keeping you accountable, you have an advisor who's a catalyst, making sure you're contributing on a regular basis, making sure that you're always doing what, the, what your plan is set up to do, that's, that's obviously extremely important. So I'd say there's enough value there for it to be worth it in the first place. So an advisor is kind of like a catalyst. Secondly, strategy guidance. So an advisor will, advise, will, will help guide you in terms of what strategy to utilize and which way you can invest your money for, for the optimal gain over the course of your life. Another one is risk tolerance. So an advisor will help you establish what your risk tolerance should be and what your allocation should be. So that's also important. You don't have to figure out that question on your own anymore. Um, an advisor, you know, the things that they they do is they'll give you advice on different accounts, whether you should be with a TFSA or an RSP or unregistered, or should you invest in life insurance, or are, are there certain rules that just like that don't allow you to invest, or are there certain laws and regulations that should be taken into account surrounding your investments, things like that. And most importantly, an advisor will be a financial planner. They put together a plan uh, in terms of investments and insurance and maybe when you plan to take out a mortgage and things like that. And they can put all those products together and create something that will allow you to generate the most wealth over time and protecting risk in the meantime. So that's some of the pros as they kind of do the whole bit for you and they just update you from time to time. The cons of an advisor are probably the minimums lots of the great advisors charge a lot, like you have to have a lot of money to invest with them. So I know several great advisors who say, uh, my minimum is 500,000. So I'm not taking any clients unless you have $500,000 in cash. Um, me personally, I don't have a minimum. My minimum is I have investors with me that have like 500 bucks and they contribute on a regular basis, but they only have like $500 with me. Um, so I don't have a minimum uh, and, and, another, I'd say con that people would talk about is the fees. So when you're trading, maybe it costs you four bucks a trade. You do that for 30 companies. It costs you like 120 bucks. Whereas an advisor, they pretty much take a percentage of the, of the gain every single year. So fees are kind of one of the other things that you might, Think about and maybe and some advisors even charge some excessive fees, like they charge commissions and stuff like that. I try to at least tend to st- uh, stay away from that kind of thing, and uh, but the fee is really taken out of the performance of your investments. Um, so that's that's something to think about too. You know, some advisors really do provide a lot of value. Like some of them really actually can help out and, and do great things, and others don't. That's just how it is. Every industry has good people and bad people. The car industry, for instance, has a lot of weird, slimy people, but it's got a lot of genuine, really helpful people. Um, now, the problem with advisors typically isn't the slime, but it's the knowledge. And you should always, if, you, if you'd like to go with an advisor, you should always grill them. Ask them a ton of questions. Ask them literally everything out of the sun, Be like a kindergartner sitting in their meeting room and just be like, why, 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 why? Or ask how, or how does this work, or why does this work? And if they can't answer those questions, you shouldn't be working with them because they have one job in life, and it's pretty much to help your financial plan and help your investment plan. And if they don't know what they're doing, then that's probably a solid basis of why you shouldn't hire them. Um, So grilling your advisor is very important. What I've realized over the course of being an advisor and writing a book and having articles and doing all this stuff is people really don't want to do it on their own. People don't want to go through the nitty-gritty of finding financial statements on the businesses they want to own and investing in them and knowing which company is the right to invest in and rebalancing and placing their own trades. People, first of all, don't really care and second of all, don't have the time. So, I've also found that a large part of the value proposition of being an advisor is I'm saving you a ton of time. Advisors save you a lot of time. Now, if they save you a lot of time, but they suck, then it's not really worth it. So you kind of have to find someone who's very knowledgeable, understands the business of investing, and can help you create a financial plan that's going to actually get you to where you want to go. So that's important. So what are some of the things you should keep in mind if you decide to go either route? Um... First, if you decide to go either route, make sure you understand the fees and the fees you are paying. Make sure you understand how the money is being invested and how it's generating revenue for someone else. So if you're a DIY investor, you're probably going to pay $5 a trade. Every time you trade, they're going to take a commission. That's how they make money. People like me, I sell different portfolios. The managers of those diverse portfolios of investments will take a fee and that's how that works um, from performance. They'll take a fee out of the general return. So, first of all, know the know the cost. Second of all, if you plan on going with an advisor, like I said, grill them. Really ask some questions. Don't be rude or mean about it, because that's no way to have a good relationship, but just really ask a ton of questions and really see if they're confident in answering them. Um, what else should you understand? Do you really enjoy the service or the person you're working with is also important. So, that's another one. If you really don't enjoy the service of the broker or like the dealer that you're working with. Maybe you're working with some, you're self-directed and you want to go in and trade and you don't like the broker or you don't like the computer program that's doing that for you, then that sucks. And if you go in with an advisor and you don't even like the guy, that also sucks. So that's something else to keep in mind. So I'd say the three things, make sure you enjoy the relationship, ask tons of questions and know how they're getting paid. Those are three big things to keep in mind. So now another question you might be thinking of is, can anyone just go and open up an account? And the answer is yes. If you're over the age of 18 and you have a social insurance number and you have a driver's license, you can pretty much open an account with any brokerage. You can open an account with any investment advisor. That's just kind of how it works. That's just kind of how it works. So you might be wondering, okay, so how do I actually go out and do this? So what I would recommend is that if you want to go self-directed, you want to buy your own companies, you want to go and invest and rebalance yourself and monitor them and read the read the annual reports and the quarterly reports and keep up to date with your businesses. Go with Quest Trade. So Quest Trade is a Canadian discount broker, meaning they don't provide any any other services, rather than just they're pretty much there to help you enter your trades. And they will, you can own your businesses and your companies that you're investing in through their platform. If you want an advisor, well, what 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 else am I gonna say in this podcast? I'm gonna say come see me, of course. Like I think, to be honest, I think I have one of the greatest value propositions of most advisors out there. Like first of all, I don't have a minimum, and I think minimums are kind of complete BS. Uh, because what advisors are trying to do is they're trying to take as much value as they can while providing as little as possible. So that's obviously not ideal. I don't agree with that business model. Um, another huge part of my value proposition is that I'm here for the long term. 90% of my clients are significantly older than I am. So they're going to retire before I will. So that's obviously a big part of my value proposition is that you don't have to, your advisor isn't going to switch you between 10 guys by the time you retire. So it's be you should kind of place a bet on your advisor. Place a bet on, do I think this guy is going to be in the business until I retire? Is this guy going to be here for the long term? Or is he just kind of in it as a filler job trying to take a stepping stone to a different career? Um, So that's a huge part of my value proposition is that I'm in this for the long run, and I'm probably going to retire after you will. So that's also something to take into account. But yeah, so if you want to go self-directed, go with Questrade. Uh, And if you really just want to get started and you want to have someone who's there to walk you along through the process, I will do that. So all you have to do is honestly uh, DM me on on Twitter or message me on Facebook or text me or something, and I'll set up the appointment and we can go through the whole process. So that's kind of how that works. That's how I would go about getting started Know those few things, know what your strategy is, know what your risk tolerance is, know if you want to go self-directed or if you want to go with an advisor, and know what to keep in mind, which means make sure you have a good relationship, make sure that you enjoy the relationship, make sure that uh, you ask them a ton of questions, and make sure you know how they get paid. And then from there, yes, anybody can open their account age 18 or above, you have a social insurance and, a, and a, a driver's license, you can go and set up an account with a brokerage for DIY type investing, or you can just bring them to me and we can set that up through me or something like that. So that is how you get started. That's how it all begins, if you want to know. So if you have any questions about this, if you want to get started in any way, even the DIY, like, I am so excited about investing that I don't care if you go the DIY route. I don't get, obviously, I don't get compensated. That doesn't help my business. That actually is probably worse for my business. But I will help you do it yourself anyways, just because I love it. Just because I'm so passionate about it, I will help you set up your own DIY one, even though that doesn't help me um, because I just like it. So if you have any questions or any or any comments or any you just have anything to say about this, talk to me on Facebook, talk to me on Twitter, talk to me on my text message. You can text me uh, 204-291-6508. We can chat about it and we can learn from each other and we can go forward and, and create an investment plan that works for you. So thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate it so much. And if there's anything I can do for you, like I said, get in contact with me and I'll talk to you in the next episode.